Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. We're glad that you're here. We are going to have a good time. It was so exciting. Uh, the end of last service, uh, we had almost uh, 10 people uh, get baptized. Come on, is that good? It's exciting. It, exciting. Um, I just want to talk a little bit before we get in, into uh, the word today. Just give you a couple of things that um, just kind of just so you knows. Um, we, we, we believe that, man, God is doing just some good things. And uh, I, I want to touch on prayer Wednesday night. So at the end of April, most of our life groups will come to an end. And before we begin our next group of life groups, um, we, we come together on Wednesday night and we're asking you to come. We're asking you to come. We're asking you to pray. And, and I, maybe your parents drug you to prayer meetings back in the day. Uh, I want to promise you, uh, we, we pray the word. Um, it, it, it's good. And so it's a great form of discipleship, prayer. And then, you know, if you're checking out our church and you're wanting to know, okay, wh- what is up with the house? What, 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 is, what is the emphasis we believe that when you read Ephesians, God is equipping the church for the work of the ministry. He has a five-fold ministry that does that. And we're actually, we love that people are coming, but the goal for us is to activate their faith, elevate their understanding, and cultivate the future. To actually, like, we don't really believe that our best day is on Sunday. We, if you want to know what type of pastor I am, I'm a coach pastor. We're going to draw up some plays. We're going to work. And then my hope is that on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, you would be able to learn what you're getting and it would apply to your life. Um, two cool things that, that are happening. I almost didn't mention this just because, uh, you know, it, it's a conflict even within me, but I, I wanted to let you know. So uh, Northwest Arkansas does this best, they have a best magazine, and um, uh, they look at uh, like 20 or 25 different areas in Northwest Arkansas. And, you know, our church was a part of that. And so you can go look at that. Uh, I don't really care. Um <laughs> But, and so I wasn't even going to mention it. It, this, it came out th- like three or four weeks ago. And, but, but here's what I, what I do care is that none of this just happens. Like you see me up here communicating or my wife or Devin. And I just want you to know that I have no idea all the stuff that's going on in our church. That doesn't mean that I'm not leading. It doesn't mean that it's random. We're very intentional and strategic, but there are so many people leading, so many people opening their home, so many people doing outreach, so many people loving on our community. And the reason that I'm mentioning it is because House Family, I want you guys to know that other people are seeing what God's doing through the house. Come on, give the Lord a hand. And then uh, in a couple weeks, I think May 4th um, uh, the, is the mayor's prayer breakfast for this area. And um, uh, they, they have asked me to come and pray for families and churches 
And so I just want you to know that as our church, we are a fan of the Big C Church. And so, you know, last week I texted three or four pastors in this area and just said, man, praying for your team, praying for your church, hope, hope you guys kill it. Uh, and, and so uh, I'm excited about doing that. And, and I want you to know that one of the things that is on my heart is that when we are equipping the saints for the work of the ministry, we really believe there are three places that we're going we're gonna to function in. Uh, the marketplace, the mission field, and ministry. And so we are working right now to move in the marketplace. It, to, to, we launch uh, another missionary from this house um, in July. They're going to Rwanda. Come on, this is our second missionary. And so, and so these are what we want to see God do. And so um, he is moving um, I don't, I don't know what your church background is. I know everybody's got uh, thoughts and worldviews and things about church. You know, it, it, it isn't our church that you know, it, it isn't our goal that you know everybody. But it is our goal that you know somebody. That, that this is a place where there is no cool kid table. This isn't junior high where all the awesome people sit over here. And then, and so, if you, um, so that's not our culture. That, that's one of the reasons when people come and they're like, man, you know what? This church is so friendly. There's a reason. Uh, we assume level 10 when you walk in. What does that mean? That means that we already thought we were friends and we are until you tell us we're not. <laughs> we're not gonna make you start at level one. We're not gonna make you, okay, well, if you do this class, we're gonna like you a little bit. And then if you do this class, we'll like you a little bit more. But if you give this much money, we'll really you yeah like um we want to see you take steps and we don't want to create a comfortable church we want to create an active church come on does that make sense come on one more time y'all give the lord a hand clap our world is looking for something real real everybody is desperate for something real real love real family you know if we're going to be honest there are in some situations, in some contexts, uh, the friends that we have are sometimes are, are, are more real than the family we were born into. Um, we're looking for real success, real community. Uh, I think many people want a, to know that they can add real value to, to this life. And... All of us are hungry for what's real. That hunger is the DNA code of God that the Bible tells us that we are all without excuse. There's something in you that craves a relationship with the Lord. You can mask it, you can control it, you can try to silence it, but there is something in you that desires what's real. And it's important to know that your faith in Jesus isn't fake. Out of all the things that I just listed, all of those things will fade away. And the only real thing, come on, that will remain is your relationship with the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Let's jump into this. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a, come on, everybody say new, cre creation. 
The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. We're in a sermon series called For Real. Last week we started For Real, There Can Be Salvation. For Real, Jesus Saves is what we talked about last week. This week, I, I want to dive into another For Real thought that I really do think will minister to you. It, it will help you. I never want to have church where it's only contemplative. I, I, I want to have church where it is contemplative and it's also action-oriented. This verse is extremely important, and here's why. Most, uh, one of the smallest words is one of the most important. It says if. Small word means a lot. Well, let's just put it in another context. Another context. Uh, if you spend less than you make, you'll have more money. If. If you don't uh, say everything that you think, you'll probably have more friends and there will be more peace in your home. Come on. Come on. Hey, if is a small word, but it has a... It, it kind of changes the whole dynamic of what's happening. And here's what it says. If we are in Christ, the old has passed away. That means that we are a new creation. There's a change, come on, a transformation occurring in our lives. And we are excited about new life beginning. The scripture is talking about our spirit. When our spirit is justified, that's a salvation moment. God, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I come into salvation. We're made right with God. Imagine that you're in a courtroom and there's a case against you. And all of a sudden, Jesus walks in and the case is thrown out. It's no matter what you've done, how you acted, what happened in your life, the case is dismissed because it's been covered. It's been handled. Come on. Here's why this is important for us. We face an enemy who wants us to lose our confidence. Come on. Now, here, let's talk about this. The Bible tells us that if we are saved, we are made new. The enemy wants to corrupt the concept of newness and have you digest incompleteness. You're incomplete. Maybe it was a whim. Maybe it was emotional. Maybe you didn't mean it. Maybe you did mean it. Maybe it, you know what? You've been going to church for like a year or two years. And look, you're still dealing with old habit patterns, cycles, issues, mentalities, triggers. You know what? Man, you're incomplete. Maybe you didn't mean it. I mean, there are other people that mean it, you know, that they're really trying to do it. But you, and here's the deal. If you're not careful, you will sabotage the gift that God's given you because you're listening to the wrong voice. See, we get discouraged because we continually fight old cycles, how we were brought up, the, the, the strife or the, the, the culture of our home. And I want you to know that the enemy will attack your thoughts and send you one accusation after another Come on, if you're a dad in the room, I should have been a better father. I wish I hadn't have done that. I wish I hadn't have been angry. I wish I hadn't. If you're a mom in the room, I wish I would have said this. I wish I'd have had that courageous conversation. And if we're, if we're going to be intellectually honest today, we all have moments 
where we are tempted to digest this thought, I'm powerless. And I'm here to tell you that you're not. You are not powerless. Yes, we have a real enemy. Come on. Yes, uh, this isn't made up or fictitious. There is a real enemy. And the enemy wants, listen, for you to doubt your conversion by adding confusion. And now we see it in our world where we are confused because um, this pundit says we need to think like this or this person who um, wins in the academic realm says we need to think like this and before we know it we're digesting all of these thoughts and I'm here to tell you that you're not powerless you're not over spring break I went to Steamboat Springs Uh, me and a couple families went and we uh, we attempted skiing it was my second time to do that. The first time I went uh, was 13 years ago. And I, I, my, my friend Steve said, hey, I'm going to teach you how to ski. And he was confident, so I was confident. I was like, okay. He was like, yeah, yeah, it'll be nothing. So we got all the stuff. We got all the gear. We got bought the lift ticket. And we get out on the snow. And he says, I, I'm going to teach you. And I was like, well, we only have four hours. And he said, you'll be fine. I was like, well, you're so confident. I'm going to be confident. And so about 30 minutes later, I'm pizza. I'm doing the thing. I'm pizza, 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 pizza. And he, about 30 minutes later, he says, okay, you're ready. I'm ready for what? You're re- we're, ready to go up, uh, 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 we're ready to go up the ski lift. And I was like, where are we going? And he goes, oh, uh, th- th- there's this run called a blue run. And, and I said, oh, blue's my favorite color. <laughs> and... Uh, he was like, yeah, and it was kind of silent, kind of whatever. And so we get over to the lift, and that was scary in and of itself because there's no seat belts. Um, I felt like I was going to fall off. Um, and about three-fourths of the way up there, he looks at me kind of serious. It was the first time he's really been serious, and he says, hey, I forgot to tell you. I'm, I'm suspended in the air. I um, have no idea what I'm doing. Actually, the last 30 minutes didn't go that great. And he's like, hey, I I forgot to tell you that when we get to the top, um, uh, a lot of people wipe out. A lot of people fall when they get off the lift. So when I tell you to stand up, just do it or it's going to be bad. So instantly, I have no more confidence. He's confident. I'm not confident. Um, And so we get up to the top and he says, okay, one, two, three, stand up. And I'm like, ha, and uh, I was was totally uncool. it, it was really bad. And so I get to the, to the top of uh, our slope, and he says, okay, I'll see you at the bottom. And I'm like, what, what does that mean? And he's like, I'll see you at the bottom. And so he leaves. And I start down this hill, and I'm going to tell you that it didn't go well. I fell all the way down the hill. I ran into children, I ran over children. I didn't want to, I didn't want to. Uh, I, my pizza was not as big as other pizzas. I, I, there was this cramping in my shins that I, I was like, I, I have not felt this since high school basketball. I, I was like, ah, oh. and uh, they, they have these nifty orange nets 
on the side that you're not supposed to run into. Um, it was terrible. The fear, come on, uh, the pace, the pressure. Um, people are zipping by me and all I can think is I want to live. <laughs> we went uh, back and this last time I took a four-hour lesson and uh, learned a lot and uh, learned how to stop. That's a, it's good, good things. I've learned to stop. And, um, and I went down a green slope, which is where I should have started. Uh, and, and I was a whole lot more confident. Oh, sure, the fear was there. The pressure was there. The memories were there. Um, but I was more confident. And here's my point. God isn't trying to hurry up and rush you down the mountain of every major decision in your life. And he is a good father. And the Bible tells us the steps of the righteous are ordered by God. And I just need you to know that most of the time people are hurt in churches because they're trying to leap where they don't have the revelation. God didn't ask you to leap. He asked you to step. And so we step. And then we step. And most of life is two steps up, one step back. Two steps up, come on, one step back. And this is how I'm so confident. I'm not that confident. We're going to win. Actually, I didn't win today. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yes, I'm going to have victory in my marriage. Well, the last week was pretty rough. And then we begin to, and here's the deal. Way too many people are measuring in days when you should be measuring in years. God wants to download lessons, come on, in your life. And I need you to know that he has given you all that you need to navigate the declines in life. You don't have to live overwhelmed. You don't have to live, come on, we're feeling like I'm powerless, where every trigger and past and moment and shame and story now is playing in my head. And, and we have a culture that has so much information and yet they obsess. They think about things twice as long and make and do twice as less. Because, and they, this culture, which I'm not mad, but it's like because I've thought about it a long time and I've carried the weight of it a long time and I've processed it a long time, it, it's like I've done something. <laughs> no, that you've thought. And God is wanting to help you with your thoughts because the Bible teaches us that we can transform our thoughts and renew our mind so that we can step quicker, we can step faster, and we're not always walking in fear, hindered by what's going on or what we see. Come on, does this make sense? I want to give you two major ways that you can overcome the enemy. See, here's the basic thing about the kingdom of God and the world. The world will teach you to fight. Fight, defend, cancel, go after, sword. Come on, listen, go, sh get fight. And I'm not talking about protecting your family or anything like that, but I'm talking about like, like come on, I grew up and my theme song was Eye of the Tiger. Anytime I'm about to go into battle, I'm about to play Eye of the Tiger. Anytime I'm about to have a courageous conversation with my teenagers, you know what's playing before I go. We're going to talk about that room. 
Where's dad? Rising up. I, I, I'm, I'm getting rockified. Come on, I'm getting ready. The culture says fight. God says, listen, surrender. There's more power in surrendering to the tools that God's given us and you'll have more victory upon surrender than you will fight. Come on, hear what I'm saying. Here is the first thing. If you're feeling powerless, if this last week, this last month, this last year, you felt like I'm just not winning. I, I, I'm haunted and I'm frustrated and I'm, I'm walking through shame and I'm trying to shake off the inner voices in my head. I need you to know that there's an enemy that wants to destroy the purpose of God in your life. So here's the first thing. The enemy cannot overcome the word. The enemy loves to tempt us and bring pressure to us like going down the mountain. He wants fear and stress and the things that you see. He wants to replay your sin. He wants to remind you of your past. These thoughts can linger in your mind and bring heaviness and even oppression. And sometimes if we're going to be honest, there are moments when we feel like someone is pressing on us. There's this pressure that I'm, that I'm under. But I'm here to tell you the good news. The good news is for real, there is tools that God has given us and you are not powerless. Hebrews chapter four, verse 12 says this. For the word of God is living and, come on, say this word with me, powerful. Come on, one more time. One, two, three. It's living. In other words, here's what that means. It's not archaic. It's not just historic. It's living. What does that mean? The principles and the promises of God work in every season of your life. It's living. How many of you, if we were, have read a verse a bunch of times and then you read it again and it was like, oh, I, I've never read that before. It's living and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And so here's the, what the Bible says is I have given you the word to cut the flesh, to cut worldviews, to cut what the philosophies of this world away. Look at this. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. In other words, our culture says, trust your heart. And God says, trust my word. The Bible says, do you, whatever you thought. You, you, I mean, the, the world says, do you, whatever you think, however you think. Listen, it, it, it's okay. And the Bible says, actually, you need a discerner of the right thoughts. And you need to know if your thoughts are lining up with God's heart. Come on. And why do we need that? Because we're emotional. I want to treat you good. I want you to treat me good. We get offended, we get frustrated. We, we have expectations 
We're tired of people overcommitting and underdelivering. We judge everybody else by their actions, but we judge ourselves by our intentions. We want everyone to know what we meant, but we're mad at what everybody else said. Come on, say amen. Don't be mad. Don't be pushing nobody. Don't be nudging anybody. This, we're a no-nudging church. Here's the thing. The word of God is seed, and we want it to grow and develop, come on, listen, into our life so that when the enemy attacks, there is a firm foundation. There is something that can combat the lies that we are hearing. I'm not telling you if he will. I'm telling you when he will. That we're prepared. The word is our weapon against his lies and his traps. So let's think about this. Let's think about this. The enemy is crafty, manipulative, cunning, and evil. Can I just tell you this? That the only way to combat the lies that he is sending is to know the truth. That's it. So if you don't know the truth... How can you win? You're not powerful, but you can be spiritually ignorant. And ignorance, even if it's an accident, still puts you in a posture where you didn't know that you could have victory over something. There's also arrogance. So ignorance, there's also arrogance. Arrogance is, I just don't know if I believe that. I just don't know. And here's the deal. The enemy will win in your life every place that you are unsurrendered. Come on, y'all can help me. So can I go big real quick and then go small? Y'all good with me? Come on. Let's. If you don't win in your purity the enemy will attack you there. If you don't win in your character, the enemy will attack you there. If you don't win in your offense, the enemy will attack you there. If you don't win in your humility, the enemy will attack you there. If you don't win, I am the only one that sees what's really happening. Really? Come on. Any place that you do not surrender to the Lord N now becomes a territory and a position that the enemy can come in and begin to manipulate your thoughts. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? Okay. You can't out-argue the devil. Some, be honest. I, I, and this, it's a no judgment, but if you're really good at arguing, just kind of raise your hand, just do it, just come on. Yeah, you're, I'm really good at it. I'm really good. Come on, like your passion creates the facts. Come on, say, know what I'm talking about? Like, 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 I am so passionate, I can convince anybody, and then people Google what you just said. <laughs> that doesn't matter. <laughs> you can't argue and win with the devil. You understand that, that there... 
The devil is so good at manipulation, he talked one-third of the angels out of heaven when they had been in the presence of God. It doesn't matter the good deeds you do, your intelligence, your verbal skills. You, you can't win against the tricks and schemes of the enemy unless, listen, you know the word of God. There was a study done in uh, May of 2020 that said that only 25% of people read manuals. Now, I'm going to be honest. If you're that person... I've always wanted to be you because you're the person that knows how everything works and I'm the person that has to buy the item again. Come on. <laughs> if we're gonna be honest, come on, just, just a little transparency in church. It's good for humility. If you're someone who really, okay, okay, so I always have to help this culture because there's what you think you do and there's what you actually do. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm always working out. Four times a year is not working out. That's visiting. Okay. If you really read the manual, car, electronic, whatever, come on, if you really read the manual, raise your hand. Come on, li li listen. Here is, I think, the study said this. Y'all give these people a hand. Come on, manual people. Rewrite content for you. <laughs> the top three reasons people don't read the manual, here was the first one, it's difficult. That's what they said, it's difficult. It's difficult to understand, there's too many details, I get lost, I don't care. Here's the second reason people don't read the manual, is impatience. Impatience, it takes way too much time. I just wanna know what I need to know to turn it on. I'll pull the manual out if, you know. Here's the third one, availability. Oh, no, I, I, I'm fine. If it works, it's great. If not, I'll Google it. And so here's, in an essence, probably what we've painted the wrong picture of the Bible is um, in the attempt to make an illustration that would help people value it, the truth is, we've said the Bible is like a manual, but really you need to understand it's like a weapon. And if you want to have victory in your life, you'll pick it up and you'll read it because the enemy is coming to change. Come on, what, come on, come on, is that good? And so maybe, maybe today you're, just your perspective and worldview would change on the word and maybe it isn't just like spiritual homework. Maybe it isn't a manual, but maybe it is the way that you overcome the enemy in your life. Reading the word changes your perspective. It encourages us to follow God's promises and plans. It corrects our thinking. Come on, this is the, come on. All of our thinking needs to be corrected. All of us. Every season. Why am I thinking that? Why do I want to get even with them? Why do I want binge? Why do I want? Why do all of our thinking? has to come under, come on, God's word. It brings clarity when we navigate confusion. 
It's important to sit under it. That's why when you come, you know what? I'm hoping that you bring a journal. I'm hoping you get out your phone. I'm hoping you take notes. I'm hoping the Holy Spirit begins to illuminate a concept that you write down and go, I'm going to have to chew on that. I don't, when, you, when he first initially said it, it bothered me. Now as I'm thinking about it, I'm asking why it bothered me. And the reason that it bothers me is because I probably don't think right in this area. Come on. I need you to know that the word of God changes your worldview. It changes how you see the world. It changes how you see humanity. It, cha it changes. And this is how we overcome. Come on, listen, the enemy. Here's the second one. Y'all good? Here's the second one. The enemy cannot overcome the Holy Spirit. The enemy cannot overcome the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, come on, 17 and 18. It says, therefore, do not be unwise. Come on, one, two, three, who wants to be unwise? Good, I'm glad nobody raised their hand. I don't want to be unwise. But understand what the will of the Lord is. Maybe you grew up in a church where, you know what? Nobody can know the plans of God. Nobody knows the will of God. Nobody knows. The Bible says, yo, you want understanding? Don't be, don't be unwise. You can be wise. You can be unwise. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You may not know the future, but you know his heart. And a lot of people get tripped up because they want to know the future. But really, God's like, I want you to know me. Come on. And so here's the thing. Do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, which really that word means wastefulness. Like don't, don't, don't fill up with what's wasteful. The Bible says fill up with the Spirit. Come on, if you want to win, fill up with the Spirit. It's important as believers to recognize that you need, come on, listen, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the coach. He's the helper. He's the revealer of truth. The Bible says that he is the comforter. And I don't know who you are or where you're at, but you will need some, you will need one of those elements in your life. You'll need one of those, listen, voices in your life. The Bible teaches us that Jesus, the Christ, wasn't a good teacher. He wasn't a cultural trendsetter. He was the son of God, 100% God, 100% man. Come on, born of the Virgin Mary. We talked last week about him dying for our sins and rising again. Come on, he ascended and re returned to heaven. But before he left, he said, yo, you guys need power. You can't do it without power. The Holy Spirit was given so that we would have power to overcome the enemy. When we're talking about the Holy Spirit, think about it like this. When we drink water from a water bottle, the water is inside us. Romans tells us that as soon as you confess your sins and believe in God, come on, that instantly there's a salvation experience and your spirit is alive. That is the internal drink. 
But then there is, come on, listen, the activating power of the Holy Spirit that is more like if you were at the beach and you stepped into the ocean, it would be all around you. We receive as it were, a drink of the Holy Spirit when we are saved. But when we are baptized, come on, listen. But, but then, just like in a second, we're going we're gonna to do baptism. Why? Why do we have all of these steps? Because it was shown to us in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Think about this. What is the steps? God calls to man. Then there is a decision. Then there is a proclamation. I am going to serve the Lord. Today, people are going to make a proclamation, dead to life. I have counted the cost. I know what it is to live a Christian. I'm going to die in this watery grave, and I'm going to be raised up, and I'm going to say, I'm going to follow Christ. I'm about to make this thing public. Cool. Thank you for the... So, I'm feeling a little hesitation. You can clap here, it's cool, it's, it's good. Then after the proclamation, what do we see? Empowerment. Empowerment. After empowerment, what's next? Fruitfulness. This is the process that God begins to walk people through. I'm calling you, make a decision. Proclamation, empowerment, faithfulness, fruitfulness. So here's the thing. The Holy Spirit activates your life. So let's look at this. The indwelling of the Spirit that Christians receive when they are saved produces, listen to this, the life of Jesus. The filling of the Holy Spirit, which is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, produces the ministry of Jesus. Life, ministry. The Holy Spirit activates our boldness. There's a difference between witnessing and being a witness. Witnessing is something you do. A witness is something you are. Come on. When people come to the house and they get saved, we believe in spiritual transformation. It's on the wall when you walked in. What do we want you to do? We want you to know the Father. Jesus said, yo, 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 you, you even think it's about me. I'm the doorway to my Father. Here's how you should pray. My Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Like it's all about him. Come on. What is the next thing? You have to accept forgiveness. You have to accept that you need it, that you're not perfect, and you will only give it if you know you need it. That's why there's so many people offended in church because we haven't digested, the. we skipped over the I need forgiveness, like I'm jacked up, like I've messed up. I've said things I didn't need to say. I did things I needed to, didn't need to do. I acted in a way that was inappropriate, and God forgave me. So as he forgives me, I'm able to forgive others. Come on. Then we want you to live free. We don't want you tormented over shame and issues. And yeah, you sin, you repent, you get up. Come on, you begin to make moves. You begin to, come on, begin to create environments that don't draw you into sin. And then ultimately we want you to feel purpose. And that's why you need to come back next week because we're going to talk about purpose. Here's what the Bible says, John chapter 14, verse 16. Now I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper 
that he may abide with you. Come on, everybody say it. One, two, three. Forever. 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 So here's the takeaway. You're not powerless, but God is saying if you'll get my word and get my spirit, come on, listen, then actually you'll be able to overcome in areas that you've been defeated. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says this, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. And so listen, I'm trying to make it very, very plain. Our goal in this church is not that you are comfortable. Come on. I'm not trying to, this ain't like a spiritual movie theater where you can come. I'm going to get a snack. I'm going to get some popcorn. Cool. How you doing? And I realize that everybody's in a different season. And you may be coming out of a devastation. You may be coming out of a trauma. You may be coming out of an issue. And the only thing that you need to do, your next spiritual step is to sit, be consistent, take notes, and get, get full. But here's the deal. We're wanting everybody. It's okay for you to come to a stop sign, but it is not okay for your spiritual life to continually stop. The goal is in attendance. We ain't giving out gold stars. The goal is transformation. And every year, come on, I'm taking a step up, I'm taking a step back. I'm breaking addiction, I'm breaking strongholds. I'm walking in purity, I'm gonna, come, come on, these are the things that God will, come on, will change our lives. You are not powerless, but you have to surrender. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.